The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the Unpacked Podcast here from acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation. Talking about your, maybe they are who we thought they were, Green Bay Packers. I'm Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Follow the show uh, on X, got it right this time, and Instagram at the Unpack Pod. Uh, follow me on those platforms at Zach Rapport. Joined by the usual crew, Nick, Alex, out in uh, Brooklyn. Who's, whose house is this? I'm losing track. Yeah, we switch it up. Fairly frequently. We are at Casa de AP. We've got the Christmas and, tree um, effect in the background. Yep. 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 Got the tree up. And the and the Bucks game's not on in the background this time. <laughs> it's on my iPad on the kitchen table. And they're up 14 in the third quarter. So only Playing you good. guys can see. I can't see it. See, that's not fair. Yeah. I but, could put it on no, if you want me to hop up. <laughs> Actually, no, I can't because it's not. Actually, he could. Zach could see it in my camera, at least half of it (laughs) next to the Christmas. Great audio. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't have like a way to put it on because it's not on TV. So all right, you'd have to log into my NBA league. Dude, you know what happened to me today? And this this might be an incredible sham. So (laughs) I log into my league pass to watch this game and um as i log in i get an email that says that my um that my payment was declined and i had already paid in full for the whole season which was already taken out of my credit card um it's not like uh i'd used the wrong credit card and it's like a monthly thing i had already committed to the payment ahead of time so because I wanted to watch this game, I double paid and decided to pay for it after the fact. Hopefully that works out for me. Wow. Are you sure you double pay? Are you, it's not, it does sound like a well, scam. It sounds like a it fishing sounds, scam. It's, yeah. It sounds like there's an, um, an Arabian prince who's curious about my social security number because there's a treasure waiting for me. I believe it's a Nigerian um, prince, but no, I guess I'm not around. sure. Maybe I got paid back at some point. I don't know. We'll deal with it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a tomorrow problem. Ugh. Today we're talking about our six and seven, still seven seated Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Packers uh, losing to the Giants, twenty four to twenty two in a uh, game that um, sucked. Sucked for me uh, on my couch, but. Sucked for you guys in person at the game. How was that? Yeah, it sucked way harder in person. <laughs> <laughs> when you make when you make a financial commitment and watch the game in the lower bowl, which were on paper looked like really good seats, but then you have to watch essentially like one half of the game on the big screen because you have no depth perception. Yeah. Um it, it was uh yeah, I mean it it was Overall, I mean, it was a great experience. We had a we had a lovely time at the tailgate ahead of time. Everything everything went well. We just set our expectations a little bit too high, which we knew was a possible detriment. And yet again, they played down to an opponent 
which I feel like is a classic Packers theme as of late. Yeah. I was going to say, you set or your expectations too high, like seasons. watching the game, yeah. or you set your expectations too high for the overall, like going to the game. No, experience. the overall going to the game, like, of course, the, the commute is terrible. Um, the commute home is even worse because not only, <laughs> not only do you have the, the feeling of defeat as you're walking out of the stadium, but me and my bright yellow Packers beanie, I get Tommy Cutlet screamed into my ear <laughs> with every pace I take. Hey. But I will say the MetLife crowd was, um, it was a good crowd. Honestly, they, I, I went to a Packer game at uh, against the Giants at MetLife, and I remember the Giants fans, all the ones that I interacted with were actually really nice, and I remember having a good time. I'm pretty sure the Packers lost that game, but uh, I don't feel like I got hassled. Everyone was nice. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my friends who I met in London, Joe and Abby hosted a tailgate and hit us up ahead of time and invited us in with open arms. The picture that was shared across Twitter slash X with AP slugging a Guinness or not a Guinness, a, uh, a spotted cow rather we're, we're, oh no, we're not even drinking Guinness now. We're on the dude. We're, we're, You're all we're over on, the place. We're on Wisconsin. All right. Oh, let's get a bit. Huddle up, huddle up. No, I'm just messing. Um, no, this is a spotted cow, man. That was that was sick. That was sorry. I'm I'm distracted because I'm watching you struggle with your audio over here. Yeah, literally haven't. Well, I can hear you because you're sitting in front of me. But now I think I can hear Zach as well, which I'm excited about. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you can hear me because it is time for notable nuggets. No one. No one. Breathe like a deep breath. We can't because jiggle the, cord, the cable at all. The cable has to be exactly how it is right now. Um, yeah. Every time you, every time you tinker with it, I hear every fifth word that Zach says. So I'm just anticipating. Uh oh. What he's saying. Oh, so it's like you're also getting tinkered with. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, I'm done tinkering as long as you could hear everything now. Uh oh. Um. All right. Don't uh-oh. touch anything. Yeah. No, we hear all the uh-ohs. All we're right. Good. We're we're gonna be very careful. All right. In fact, I'm gonna keep my hands in my lap the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> we had bratwurst. Check. Yeah. Let's let's reset. We weren't drinking Guinness. We were drinking New Glarus. A very yes. big difference. Yeah. Which was great. Uh, bratwurst yeah. was had. Um, German meatballs. Yeah. Some some other Dude. kind of meat product, I believe. Dude, the German meatballs. I don't know what. What, how, what type of like crock pot, like, um, cooking process, how long those had to stew, but that's some of the most like succulent, beautiful meat (laughs) pause that I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Greg Olson. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Greg Olson. (laughs) Um, agreed. And I don't know what I was expecting when I heard Jeremy meatballs, but it wasn't like a giant pot of like yellowish sauce but it was delicious um so yeah that was amazing i think the tailgating atmosphere was great um there were so many packers it was just like just like you know you're kind of spoiled as a visiting fan as a packers fan no matter where you go because there was just always going to be a huge crowd yeah. of packers fans like our train i would say was more than half Packers fans. I would say the stadium more than half, maybe, or at least half. Um, it was it was a, a 50-50 split. Yeah, and, and it'll probably be the case um, in a lot of road games that they play that aren't, you know, yeah. like these intense fan bases or division rivals, let's say. So that part was cool. But sitting through the cold to witness that football, which I think we can now finally get to... Um, not so fun. I don't know. I feel like Nick and I found ourselves in a place where we were waiting for a train from the stadium to another train station in Secaucus, New Jersey, to then get an Uber where we were like, this game also would have been really good on the couch, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. I, I think people I, I think people who pay good money and wait on a waiting list to go to Lambeau and have that experience and to truly be there all the time. That's amazing. 
but like it's a different experience because there's no public transportation in Green Bay. You just wait until you're sober enough to drive home. Yeah. The past few years we were like, should we take the Amtrak to Philly or, or to DC and then go to like a, a commander's game? I'm like, I, I don't know. Those days might be behind me soon, man. Like <laughs> all, all I was thinking about the second the game ended was like tomorrow's Tuesday. It's, you know, almost midnight and we've got two hours ahead of us before I'm like home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that was when I realized I am old and washed. Yep. So and nothing anyway. but visions of Tommy Cutlets dancing in your head all the way home. Entertaining, you know. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Like I, I wish him the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week well the rest of the season. <laughs> to be quite frank, I wasn't very happy about it on Monday, but yeah, um, he's a fun story. Yeah. His agent, also a fun story. <laughs> Dude, when you sent that, I because I was busy figuring out the commuting and everything else, when you had sent, I, was, I wasn't on Twitter, I hadn't seen what his agent looked like. And you sent that photo to us, Zach, and I was like, you're obviously trolling us. This is, <laughs> this is, this is something you pulled off the internet um, because, of course, that would be Tommy DeVito's agent. And no, lo and behold, there he was, and I did end up seeing him on the sideline, and I heard later he's like, "Oh, if you think I looked like this this week, just wait to just wait to see what I have in store next week." He's fully in on the gimmick, and yeah. every week yeah. the fedora is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, like Jair's hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could have used Jair in this one. That's for sure. All right, so with that, we will get into uh, notable nuggets. Hashtag note nugs. Tweet at us. After every game with your takeaways, and uh, I'll go first, um, and I'll, uh, I'm going to give my uh, note nug in the form of a jingle. Are we ready? Oh, so ready. It goes like this. Joe, 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 Joe Barry fucking sucks. Real heads know. A little O'Reilly auto parts for everybody. Um. I feel like it's it's kind of a basic bitch take. It's kind of like the pumpkin spice of takes at this point. But come on, guys. Enough is enough. Joe Perry is bad at his job. He's always been bad at his job. He was hired with a track record of having been bad at this job at multiple spots along the way. And, I mean, we got people like Mina Kimes. And I don't know if you guys saw this video circulating yep, recently, yeah, but just yeah. really just like laying into the whole issue. Like, why do I keep having to watch and experience? And she's not even a fan of this team. Why do I keep having to experience this predictable subpar defense on national TV? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just over it. I don't know. I, I have nothing nothing to add. And I know that we've kind of gone back and forth. Uh, poking fun at uh, at justice a little bit because he's he's on the like well what do you want him to do about it side he's not a Joe Barry fan but he I think he's a little more nuanced in his in his take but I'm just at the point where it's like if you lined up any of the possible available candidates who have any amount of experience doing that kind of job and you put them all in a row and you looked at their track records. Joe Barry would be the worst one, probably. Any any of those candidates that would be taken seriously for the, for for a DC job, he would be the worst one. Yeah, uh, can I? Uh, let me ask. What was the most egregious part of Joe Barry's uh, decision? Like, what was the worst decision in this game, or like moment or thing that stands out to you the absolute most? Because there, it feels like in this game alone, there are just so many. There are so many. Um, I mean, overall the, okay, two things. One is the, and, and we had people, uh, tweeting in this observation for their note nug, but, um, the complete unwillingness or inability to make in-game changes to what you were doing, it just stuck with the same thing the entire game and they just the Giants just exploited it for the for the entire game. And then um, the second thing is staying, and I think it was nickel at the end of the game, with 90 seconds left, they've been running all over you. They had 
at least two timeouts, possibly all of them. I don't remember, but they had plenty of time and it wasn't like they were, they weren't going to send Tommy Cutlets out there to throw a hail Mary. Like, what are you doing with this coverage? It makes no <laughs> sense. The, the way that I described it was, um, the unsophisticated Madden defense that I used to call in high school, where I would just stay in my base nickel the whole time and didn't know how to audible off the line, change coverage, switch things around. It's just like, I almost <laughs> tweeted that exact same thing. And I haven't played Madden or any football game in years, but I was always bad at them because I don't like like calling defensive plays. And so I would just like wait to be on offense. That's the fun part. And then on defense, you're just calling whatever the easiest play is to call like right away. And like, that's, that's what it feels like, Nick. It's exactly right. Yeah, it was the, the most depressing part was after that gift that we were given at the end of the game to go up with that incredible Malik Heath touchdown. Um, you just kind of knew as, as soon as that last drive from the Giants started, you're like, well, they're just, there's no, there's no stopping whatever momentum. It's, it wasn't even momentum. It was just very, very simple. We can exploit the fact that you're not changing what your personnel looks like. And, just bam, march up the field. So easy. So sad. It was brutal stuff. They only needed to brutal. get into field goal range. They only needed like 50 yards in a minute and a half with timeouts. Right. Like it was absurd. It was absurd. And I guess the, the, the third thing I was annoyed by, which is related to the second thing is that it is a tale as old as time to have a quarterback that gets your team ahead at the end of the game that mounts a fourth quarter comeback. And then it's just pissing in the wind after that. It's just, I just classic. It's classic Packers. And that's what pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Very classic. It it felt like they were protecting an eight point lead, not a one point lead. Um, or, uh, sorry, a two point lead at that point, which is, uh, really, really disappointing. And, you know, it wasn't no, it was a one point lead. It was they won by two, but it doesn't matter. I, I mean, it was a two point. Well, right, what, yeah, yeah, sorry, it, yeah, that they were. Yeah. It did. It was a one. It was a one field goal wins the game lead. It's and, just um, yeah, it's weird. I I don't know. I I I think even you know beyond that because I think it's easy to focus on the final drive, which is is the right thing because it is probably the most egregious. But the approach to the entire game in general, um. I thought was really flawed. Like it, it's not, that's like, Oh, okay. It's, 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 it's Tommy DeVito. It's, it's that like the giants have fundamental issues protecting the passer. Um, they are the historically Packers... bad at it. It's not just like, yeah. Oh, they're not that good. Or they're the worst in the league. They're like one of the worst in the history of modern football. So dumb. And the guy wasn't sacked at all. And, and when you look at the Packers, like defensive front, like, there's some pretty good pass rushers there, right? Like they, there's often times where they can generate that pressure, like to not approach this game in a way that's like, okay, uh, we're going to load the box. Saquon Barkley's not going to beat us. And Tommy DeVito is going to be under a world of pressure and have to throw downfield. Like it's, it's, there's just no, like there's no reason at all not to approach the game that way. And yeah. they didn't. And, and guess what? Like, Barkley was effective too. Yeah. Like he messed up. Like his fumble was an absolute gift, but he he was also very effective, ripping off huge gains here and there against a you know uh, a defense that uh, I, don't, I know we're not allowed to just because their hands not on the ground, we're not allowed to you know start criticizing. But like fuck that answer and key if you want to keep defending it, Matt Lafleur, like the, that's your right, I guess. But there were a, seven down linemen on that play, I believe. Actually. It's a, really weak answer like like anyone with eyes can see that and it's a one-dimensional team that we made look great i mean it's like literally the entire internet is joking about the fact that tommy devito and zach wilson won afc and nfc offensive player of the weekend and we're victims of that like we we like enabled that yeah you know without really trying that hard to not do so yeah so that's 
God. Yep. It's just disgusting. And I go back, uh, Nick, to something you said earlier, but um, I want to repeat it because I think it's true. I feel like the Packers played down to this team. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of where transition, my note nug lies, in that I was going back over the course of the season and like spreads aside, like it's more of just a feel thing. Um, the games that the Packers were supposed to win, they just underperform. And in yeah. these last couple of weeks, when they were not supposed to win, I don't know. It, what, like, what is that psychology? Because LaFleur even said, like, we had some of the best practices of the season leading into this game. Like, whether that's true or not, like, how are you not prepared for the very, like, like, yes, you did not think Tommy DeVito was going to run for 70 yards on you. But there, the entire approach to the game, like you said, Alex, was so flawed. Yeah. It was, there there were, there were, armchair you know reaction there were very very simple adjustments that looked like they could have been made and they just were not and the fact that we were even in the game at at the very end was a blessing and that was kind of that that's sort of my takeaway like it would have been one of those like wow we really like screwed that up but gritty tough team won against an inferior opponent like We'll move on to the next week. And they couldn't even pull that off. Like Saquon, Saquon scored two touchdowns in that game. Guess, do you know how many rushing touchdowns or touchdowns in general he had prior to that this season? Uh, no, two. One. No, sweet. Mm. And he's, he, he's obviously like a, a premier athlete. Um, but it just goes to show like, the Packers are going to get got by the guy who you most expect them to get yeah, got it's always, by. It's always the obvious guy, right? <laughs> oh man, Mike Evans over, over Amrit. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was so obvious that it was going to happen, and it's just like a, it's just a bummer because the reality of the situation is the playoff picture did not really change. After yeah. all, every all the dust settles and they still control their own destiny, um, they have to win three out of the last four to I think it's to have like a fifty percent chance. They win out and they're essentially in the playoffs. But why make it so hard on yourselves? You're you're in a position this season where you were going to be the favorite in every game moving forward, and to dump this one is just so frustrating. And it's youth and it's they fell back into some of the the, the the early season stuff, the penalties, the the Keyshawn Nixon making a total blunder and whatever. Like it, I I I'm I was just at a loss. Like I'm I'm sort of in that like that fever dream area of like because like Alex, you went back and tortured yourself and watched the the condensed replay after the fact. I'm like, I, I, I didn't. You you don't get the best viewing uh, perspective at the game. I'm like, oh, what else do I need to see? I I I caught the vibes. I caught the feel, and it was just like Lafleur running Jaden Reed on a thousand end arounds and that, that two point convert. Yeah, what? Oh, like, I think uh, I think just now on Wednesday night he sent him out on another one. So that's. <laughs> right 17 yeah. in the last week yeah he's in concussion protocol but just running back and forth on end rounds in the facility I, I just i just get so frustrated in those games that you're like man like we've got a puncher's chance but we're not supposed to win this one and they come out and play extraordinarily and yeah. then the games that should be the walk in the parks or walks in the park or Whatever you want to do in the park, a leisurely stroll, <laughs> have a picnic, um, a jog in the park. They end up getting ransacked. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what's really frustrating is, you know, the young team narrative. It, it's it's tired, but it's 
valid. The guys are going to make it is. It they're, they're going to make is. mistakes. What's frustrating is to have that happen at the same time as a pretty poor coaching job on both on all on offense, defense, and special teams. It seems like so all of that was going wrong, and you know it's. Again, the young team thing is like you you learn, you will grow, it takes time. But when all the coaches also seem to blow it, that's just really disheartening. Cause that's like because yeah. the the players blowing it, you're like, you're learning. We have things to look forward to in the in the future. But if you have enough instances of the coaches blowing it, then you think, well, maybe the coaches are bad. <laughs> then what do I have to look forward to? I don't know. And I'm yeah, not I'm not that- saying through the whole thing out. I'm just that was the that was the pain scale was was in severe in this game just because of that fact that's the not so hot hot take is like i don't even feel horribly dejected after that because the team like jordan love yes he played like shit but i'm not nobody's out on jordan love he he made some bad decisions a couple of turnovers like trying to act like he's michael vick on that one rush um the really errant interception, but like, whatever you, you, that's going, that's going to happen to a first year quarterback. It's the, it's the play calling and the decision-making down the stretch and Joe Barry just doing what we all hoped he wouldn't do and inevitably did. That's, that's the tough stuff The the talent is very much there. And like, I'd be remiss not to mention, and I know we're, Alex specifically is a, uh, you know, a, a, a Christian Watson disbeliever. He, he could have really helped out in stretching some of these things out this game. The Quay Walker stuff on defense. Yes, you can explain some of that away. But it, we down the stretch, it shouldn't have even mattered. If you play a, or if you call a, even a moderately sophisticated game, make a couple adjustments. It's yeah. just, what are we doing? What are we doing? Alex. What are you doing? Give me a, give me a note nug. Um, my note nug is just I can't remember a Packers coaching duo that is less consistent than this in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like when Mike mm-hmm. McCarthy was good, he was consistently good. When he was bad, he was consistently bad. Matt Lafleur like uh wins us over we're like coach of the year multiple times over this guy's winning percentage is insane now he freaking sucks and now all of a sudden he's great again and we're back in the playoff hunt we're not even in the hunt we're in the picture and then he just calls an absolute stink like i just i just don't and you know justice's thing is like they're handcuffed together that's fine like i don't know if that's a good or bad thing i'm not saying i don't want matt lafleur here i think he's a good offensive mind but like i don't understand how good offensive minds can have such stinkers because like, I think like, okay, Andy Reed, good offensive mind, right? Like chiefs are good. If you could explain away a lot of their problems and I don't necessarily look at them and be like, that's bad coaching. It's bad execution yeah. and a lack of talent. The Packers are young. I don't know that you can say it's a lack of talent. Like Jaden Reed is very clearly a talented player, but when you run the same thing over and over, like yeah. you're just killing this guy's fucking numbers, man. Like his efficiency numbers are brutal he he had didn't he have like eight catch oh no it was eight targets right in that game uh no he had 10 targets he had eight catches for 27 yards at some point that's not on Jaden reed like yeah. it really it literally isn't that's yeah. on you like you have a weapon that you're insisting on using but you're using him within three and five yards of the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage yeah that pisses me off and I, honestly like i think it was like jordan love did not play his best game it was a windy night we were there we were getting wind whipped right but like, I don't think he was as bad as some people thought he was. And I thought the one time he got in rhythm at the end of the game, Matt LaFleur then took it out of his hands by calling this bullshit trickery. So like he hurt his own quarterback. Like at that point, like, dude, what do you, what do you have to lose? You're a six and six football team. You're, you're, you have a quarterback who's like on a high in the past couple of weeks. Maybe he hasn't had the best game, but like, dude, just go for it. Like, what are you getting yeah. so cute for? So sorry, that's a ranty note nug, but my note nug is just that like he didn't do love any favors. So I, the only thing I come out of this game like feeling really bad about on the offensive side is the head coach himself. Like I and the injuries, you know, which, I, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But like to I think Nick said it earlier, like Jordan Love, like he wasn't great, but like nobody's out on him. Yeah, 
I'm just confused at the variance in coaching and calling games. Like I could go so brilliant one week, you know, like they, they play down to their opponents, but they also coach down to their opponents. Yeah. Which is a, which is an issue. That's probably actually, that's probably the more, um, apropos way to put it. It's not like, yes, there were, there were some critical mistakes in that game from an execution standpoint, but the coaching down, like the preparation piece, like even like, like Romeo Dobbs had what seven targets or something. Um, you can look it up. I think yeah, he was targeted, uh, but they, a lot. Yeah, seven targets. But he did. Four, but four he catches was, for thirty-two. Years. I mean, no one had good numbers. He was not scheme like, like they didn't. They didn't scheme him the way that they were supposed to. Yeah. I would say the only one was Tucker Craft. Yeah, I think like the, good on him. The coaching down thing. Thinking specifically of defense, um, I don't know. There's to me that comes down to the lack of in-game adjustments because there's. Everyone, you know, every week you game plan for who you're going to play. And they clearly didn't think that Tommy DeVito was going to look to run totally. at every possible opportunity and and get around on the outside and and make them pay. And I think that it's fair that they didn't think that was hap- going to happen. But once you see it happening, do something about it. That's, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just over just, and over again like all right now we now we know something we didn't know at the beginning of the game so how are we going to adjust to that yeah. there's a stubbornness there and it, the same you could say about lafleur insisting on running some of the stuff that they were running yeah uh, i don't know the the end around mixed. stuff is frustrating but at least on lafleur's side i don't know it's just there's it's a forty million dollar offense, and there's a lot of right. injuries. You can always go back to it's, that, and it's, that's it's true. more, yeah. And it's so more you, you're tra- you got to be more clever than you are talented sometimes. I think in terms of who's available. So I want to cut him a little bit of slack, and I do think we would think a little differently about his coaching job if a few of those there were a few gimme um, Jordan Love passes that were just inexplicably bad. Um, off the mark, some short passes that were wide open and like big, big gain possibilities that were just inexplicable misses. And I do think we would feel a little better about Lafleur's coaching job if those had been executed properly. And um, he might be, maybe he would have called a few less end arounds because he would feel less desperate <laughs> if we were converting. And, may, some and of maybe those that gimmies. end around is blocked better on that two point conversion, which it did. It looked like it was doomed from the very beginning. But yeah. say he sneaks in, we're maybe not having the same conversation because yeah. they went in over time. Like it's still a weird call. It was a weird, scenario. it was a, it was a horribly weird call. Like as much as, as much as you don't want to have AJ Dillon try to pile drive in at that point, I would have probably rested easier if that was the play call there. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> because like you said last week, he plays better when everyone's bones are cold. Yeah. Yep. When everything hurts. When no one, yeah. no, no one wants to be playing football. December yeah. to remember. He was okay. <laughs> uh, he was fine. He, he, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't spectacular, but he did. He he gave you a prototypical AJ Dillon game, and that's yeah. okay. He did what was expected of him. Um, in degenerate corner, we had his over, which wasn't out yet. I would venture to guess it was at least in the mid fifties. So I, I would chalk that up as a loss because yeah. he only got to 53. Yeah. 15 carries, um, 53 yards. Uh, I would say it was at like minimum 56 and it, like, it was probably like trending towards what it had been the past few weeks. And also that you got to factor in, like probably expected the Packers to control a lot of the game. So yeah, that's, that's a loss. Yeah. And I'm, I'll be curious to see if Malik Heath's, do we did we see any injury report news? I I heard potentially high ankle sprain. Um, it went all the way up to thirty six and a half, which they they they. You're cu- saying for Wicks? For yeah, for Wicks, not yeah, Heath for Wicks. That's Wicks, all we Wicks. got. Yeah, we got a uh, got a reiteration of that same report. Yeah, at since the, they played on Monday, I feel like we're not going to get as many good concrete details, and that that's something that like kind of went underrated. Is like we finished that game. Missing, if you factor in Aaron Jones, our three best, our our three best weapons, and I can't say confidently any of them will play no. next week. And and we're kind of getting to that point where like 
playoff push is still very realistic, but like we only have so many games to play with yeah. that we can screw up, which is, I think, what makes the Giants game the most disappointing, right? Like it doesn't put us in a scenario where we're totally screwed, but you'd love to have that one in the bag so yeah. that when you go into next week, um, missing Jones, Wicks, possibly Reed, uh, you know, Watson, maybe, who knows with his hamstrings, um, Musgrave probably still like you know what I mean like you you could at least say like if we if we're gonna drop one till our guys get good um we can drop one and yeah. it was there man it was there it was so there yeah we knew they were gonna take a late lead the whole time that's one thing we were very confident in when we sat there and then the Joe Barry prevent came into play and uh oh man anyway I think I texted you at some point after some Joe Barry rushing failure where i was like how how wide were the lanes looking live because on tv there was no one in the area code it was funny because um yeah especially with with watson out um i think that they the giants just really didn't respect any kind of deep threat possibility at all and i'm curious for your bird's eye view having been there but it was interesting there were a few um kind of short to intermediate passes that Jordan Love had over the middle where it was like receiver would catch it in the middle of the field, turn around, and immediately there would be, there was one play where there were six Giants defenders immediately around that player in the middle of the field, which means they weren't elsewhere yeah. because they weren't worried about any other part of the field. Yeah. Uh, I got that impression too, and I thought what was weird about that is that uh, when the uh, Wicks injury happened, um the guy that they kind of leaned on to fill a role was Toure, which is yeah. like once once we're I back mean, to getting re- regular Toure snaps in the lineup, that's when I yeah, that's when my bad. vibes like, really like, take a dive. He hasn't been playing like at all, you know. Like it's like it'd be one thing if he was somebody who showed flashes and was like earning more snaps, but it's another thing when it's just a guy that's just like you know, like he he we're at that point now we're yeah. like to the absolute limit of our roster yeah. <laughs> at that position so uh it's a little bit scary yeah. but who knows maybe. yeah and love didn't really push the ball down the field at all and yeah yeah when he like deep downfield and when he tried to he, weird interception weird interception wind whatever it is all right yeah well, and it was yeah it was windy but yeah we can move on let's take it to break and um i'm gonna try to spin some optimism uh, with my poetry i don't know about you guys but um yeah we'll take it to break when we come back uh we'll do some haikus how about that yep all right we are back and we're gonna shake it off shake off that game go behind the curtain Lavender essential oils are like wafting through the air. Mm, I smell some eucalyptus, maybe. Ooh, eucalyptus, yeah. uh I'm in the Southwest. Lavender everywhere. (laughs) All right. With each passing year, longing for one of my own, do we have two now? said I was going to be optimistic, and I am talking about the tight end position uh, because, uh, as longtime listeners will know, that is my pet position. Don't know why. Can't explain it. Love tight ends. Love when the Packers have a good one, and it is rare that they have a good one. And lo and behold, they might have two. Luke Musgrave, who we haven't seen for a few weeks, but who is a freak athlete who seems to be picking things up nicely. And um, Tucker Craft, I don't know what else to say. I just, I love the way that he's come on yards after the catch for a tight end on the Green Bay Packers or is suddenly a thing. He's, he's uh, you know, inviting contact and getting yards, uh, yards after a hit. Love to see it. And then, hey, Ben Sims, my guy, Ben Sims, <laughs> I should uh, give uh, our colleague John Meerden credit. He told me. He said uh, the way he phrased it um, uh, when the Packers got Ben Sims that the Vikings gifted us a subscription to Tyler Davis Plus, 
which is pretty much true. It's a guy yeah. that they wanted out of the draft that the, that the Vikings snagged, and then they got him, and he's probably got a little bit more upside than Tyler Davis. Ty- Tyler that role. Davis without commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yes, commercial free Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis premium. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm feeling good about the future of the tight end position here. We were hoping that they, um, that. Goody could uh, land one of these picks. If you could just nail one of them, then you'd feel good about that. But to have a starting caliber serviceable tight end with both picks, pretty great. Excited about that. Yeah. I think um, while Musgrave is tending to his lacerated organ, I don't know that Tucker Craft's organs are even able to be lacerated. (laughs) Because they're made out of something too strong to to cut. Um, he's a he's a strong man. It's good to it's good to have that balance though, because Musgrave is like a faux wide receiver. Yeah, and you play you scheme him the right way, and to have two different but very um, unique freak athletes like that. Yeah. It, it's something the Packers haven't experienced in a, in a very long time. Yeah. So yeah. Musgrave is like, uh, yeah. Kind of like a wide receiver. Uh, kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good, someone like Julius peppers who just like for their size, when you saw them move, you're like, that doesn't look right. Like, right. How are you able to move like that? You see Musgrave fly down the field and you're just like, that is strange looking. Cause that is a big dude and he's crazy athletic. Um, not going to get you yards after the catch, um, somehow, but leave that, I guess, to Tucker craft craft train is rolling, man. That's I, I love it. I love seeing him look for contact, get smacked, not get like, like not move at all. And then just keep going and get a couple more yards. I love it. Stay in bounds, initiate contact. Uh, it's clearly getting me excited. I'm getting verklempt over here. <laughs> yeah, you're all riled up. He loves it more than you. Um, there was nothing more poetic than his own quote about uh, this exact thing in terms of absorbing contact. Oh, wait, what did he which say? Which was just insane. They were like, are you okay, dude? <laughs> like, are you a literal psychopath? Do you, have the, uh, do you have the quote pulled up? I do, actually. His quote was, I'm comfortable with violence at the line of scrimmage. I want to punish defenders as a blocker. I see the emotions in their face change once I put them on their heels. I can feel their breath leaving. They <laughs> exhale as I fall on top of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's good to have uh, a, a crazy athlete tight end and then a psycho tight end. Yeah. So who just likes to punish. Yeah. Who and who wants to block? Seeing people's souls leave their bodies. Yeah. Whatever to watch their breath escape them. So good incredible all right um who wants to read some poetry i can go ahead let me shed my robe (laughs) oh no oh it's not that kind of massage okay gifts 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 galore Christmas came early. For what? Pee pee, poo poo poo. <laughs> what? <laughs> there were just there. There were just so many gifts that were given to the Packers in that game that should have never been afforded to that team, and they were all squandered. Um, I just playoffs, no playoffs, whatever. And young team, we we had already talked about it in our first little segment, but it's just going to be one of those ones that we look back on and say, like, man, every everything that we could have asked for at the end of that game was there for the taking, ripe for the taking. And then our stockings were stuffed with coal and pee-pee-poo-poo-poo. <laughs> stocking full of turds yeah and that's okay and you know what I, I'm, I'm moving on from it I just I just wanted to um, are you moving on doesn't feel yeah. like you're moving on uh, maybe yeah maybe, maybe I'm working towards moving on there you go you're working um, through it I'm working steps. through it but 
still like in in spite of that, I don't I I really don't feel bad I don't feel bad about this team's talent. The coaching stuff is scary. During the break, we were discussing if Matt LaFleur is a leader or an inventive offensive coordinator who got promoted to a place of incompetence. Um, I don't, I don't want to believe that. I think I wouldn't say incompetence. It's just that being a head coach, you know, is like that at the NFL level, that's, there's like a CEO ness to that. That is very different from the, the, the tactician that you need to be as a, as a coordinator or, you know, like schematic mind. It's just two different jobs. Well, that's, but that, but that's, I guess that's the corporate jargony, um, like kind of like position it's you're really, really good at one thing. And then all of a sudden you have like within your purview, you're still good at that one thing, but then you have to do this entirely different thing. Um, but I, I really, I, I'm, I'm still in on LaFleur. I, it's getting harder and harder to be in on Joe Barry. Like, when the defense and and the players bail you out, um, like, is anyone Prashant, in on Joe Barry? Is that, no, is, I mean, is anyone actually in? Well, but but like, but like, if you look back throughout the season, like, I could have talked myself into it after the defense consecutively did not give up very many points, and it was like it was like a, a failure of the the scoring of the points, or, um, you know on the other on the other side of the ball or Anders missing some makeable kicks like that those are they're all player wise are all things that you can work through i hope um i was maybe never in on joe barry but i wasn't so out on him because there were just these little tidbits that you're like well you know what if you do look back like they did only give up this amount of points and the defense did hold in some crucial moments. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't trust the two minute stuff. I don't trust the, um, the in-game adjustment. I've never ever trusted the in-game adjustment stuff. It's just when the Packers are up by enough points where you can call the conservative defense. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot more what you're primed for. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm the Packers. I, I still think the Packers are going to make the playoffs. I don't know where you guys land on this, but I think they're going to fall into that seven seed and get blown out by the Cowboys or whoever ends up in the two seed Eagles, whatever, but it'll, it'll still be above expectations this year. And I think that I, I, the talent is there. So, yeah, I mean, they might, that's the the optimistic. I'm done. I'm done trying to predict anything about this team. Cause it's like, you Two weeks in a row, you beat some of the some of the better teams in the league in like primetime island games, and then you mm-hmm. come out and you lose to one of the worst teams in the league. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of like ping ponging back and forth. So I'm I'm done predicting. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to try to enjoy the football. Back to my my mantra. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I think we should all keep in mind because there is. I would say this year more than more than any other year, but maybe nothing you can put your faith in. Like the Eagles just get blown out by good teams all the time. Now. I mean, I thought that the wins against the lions and chiefs back to back were really quality wins, but both of those teams seem to be spiraling for no reason. Um, what is good? What is bad football? Like I think, I can definitively say the Panthers are bad. Yeah. Well, they're not spiraling for know. no reason. The Lions are spiraling because their defense is awful. And the Chiefs are spiraling because they have no wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I, yeah. But at the same time, after, you know, at this point in the season, like those problems have kind of existed. Yeah. The whole time. That's true. Um, so, yeah, not for no reason, of course. But, um, you know. For reasons that are confusing, like these are really good teams for a little bit and then they're not so good. And the Packers were, uh, for like three weeks, a pretty good team and then they weren't so good and they could be good again. Like it's, it's all 
It's impossible. Yeah. It literally is. So it's impossible to predict. The Packers still have a chance. That's all you could. Ask they don't for. have a chance at the North anymore. I mean, technically speaking, they Which do. Which is but fine. I mean, you know, I think they're going to cream the Vikings. That's my one bold prediction. I just that's all. That's really <laughs> just, the only thing I'm yeah. looking forward to is just you don't dismantling think, uh, the Vikings. Nick Mullins is going to rush for 80 yards against Joe Barry. <laughs> you know what actually I, I can't I can't confidently say he won't it's or Nick Mullins gets knocked out of the game and Josh Dobbs comes in and he rushes for 80 yards that's probably more likely actually that's actually yeah Nick, Nick Mullins is going to like dislocate a finger and Josh Dobbs is going to run for 180 Kaepernick yards <laughs> all right yeah, let's reel it in sorry I, sorry I uh, sent us down that path yeah Alex, uh, do you have a get a little poetry? Sure. <laughs> Take me sure. there. Hit me up with the music. There it is. Whatever happened to Jair Alexander? Is he coming back? <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> um. I kind of forget all the good players that aren't playing. Yeah, like so many. I get wrapped up in this Giants loss, and you know, uh, certain players not making plays, like uh, Malik Heath dropping that, even though he made up for it by catching a touchdown, or one of the Allentines, or Kashawn Nixon, like doing something dumb. I, we're missing some serious ballers on this team. <laughs> like, this is not a a uh, kind year to the Packers with injury uh, compounded by the, you know, $40 million offensive roster and, you know, general thinness, I think throughout the uh, team in terms of depth. So um, sometimes I think it's nice to think of that perspective and be like, you know what, maybe if Jair Alexander is playing in that game, maybe he still does play 10 yards off the ball when the Packers are only protecting a one point lead, but also maybe, he just does some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But uh, anyway, to, to the Jair point, uh, shoulder injury. He's been out a bit. He's been busted up. I really hope he's back. This is a game they could really use him in. Yeah. Um, at home, where maybe it's a little bit easier to be aggressive. You know. Well, and, and maybe it's, you know, I, I, we don't know what his... Uh, like rehab progression has been, but maybe it's a situation where they figured they could do without him against the giants just so that they could try to get him some extra rest for, you know, like they figured Tommy DeVito is not going to throw downfield, which he did not, but Baker Mayfield might, which he can. Yeah. Um, he was limited to uh, start the week, which is basically just started because they played on Monday night. So hopefully he can work his way back and be a part of this game. Um, because, you know, the Bucks, as they have for years, have some pretty decent receivers on their day. Um, yeah. and I think they're going to need that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to, I kind of forgot how much I love that guy as a player. And, must be uh, interesting to be a Bucks fan this him. year and, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here talking about next week's game, but, um, you know, a a team that was like left for dead, basically. <laughs> it's like you're gonna yeah. wallow in the muck and you're gonna suck. And here's Baker Mayfield. And they're actually like fun and competitive, it seems like. Yeah. Um, it's easy to be competitive in the NFC South. Yeah, good fair. year to be an NFC South team for a bad year. However, some may it, some but... may say the same thing about the uh, NFC North. Yeah, I truly <laughs> All right, guys. Well, well um, it's about that time, huh? Yeah, it's about time to uh, head out onto the corner, degenerate corner. And uh, I don't know. Uh, we got we got lines. We got numbers. What do we got here? It's uh, mm. it's only a few days after this game. I'm not sure how it works after a Monday game. We don't really have player props. Yeah, no player props. Uh on DraftKings, uh, line is out. Packers, 
opened as um oh, where'd it go? I, th- I think it was three and a half. I just saw. Yeah. Now for some yeah, three and a half point favorites at home against uh the Buccaneers. Game total is at forty two. Eh, hate it. Don't don't have a feeling either way. Uh, necessarily, uh, yeah, no player prompts. Uh, if there were, I think we'd have a little bit more to go off of, but I think in this game, the only thing I'm going to nominate because they are at home, because I feel like it's kind of like a bounce back game where they realize like, okay, we kind of have to go for this. I think I feel good about the Packers team total over at 22 and a half. They should score 23 points at home. Against the box question mark? I, I don't know. I think that's my best nominee, but you know, you take that with a grain of salt because uh oh for two last week with taking the Packers uh minus six and a half and AJ Dillon uh rushing total over, uh, which we wrote because December. And <laughs> guess what? Didn't happen. So no. yeah. It was uh December not to remember. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have any other good ideas. I mean, everything we just said about Jair, if he's coming back, I, I still think a Mike Evans line would probably be tasty because I'm trying to think of the most obvious guy. And that is the yeah. obvious guy. Yeah. Or Rashad White, maybe could be an interesting prop, but uh, we don't have those exact lines yet. Yeah. Uh, those are things I would consider. Yeah. I'm interested just to see, and this isn't really a gambling take, but I'm just interesting, interested to see how the team responds and bounces back after a game where the execution was so poor and there were so many opportunities to clean up in this game against the Giants and they just couldn't deliver. So like, can they get Mayfield on the ground? I I feel like we might get a cluster of a couple sacks in this game. Um, Yeah. And I feel like we might get a cluster of uh, a little, a little, maybe a little point explosion in this game as well. If we're, correcting for if we're course correcting for the amount of crap that went wrong on Monday night. I would I I would be interested to see what the sack total comes out at for the Packers because I kind of agree with you. Um I think there's gonna be a little more emphasis to put pressure on Baker. Um well so. there's a lot of attitudes on that uh uh in the edge rusher room on the defensive line and you know, they got, they got goose egged on Monday and hopefully they have a bad taste in their mouth. I mean, there's, there is literally no reason why they should have had no sacks. <laughs> they only had game. like two QB pressures. Yeah. Too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's way too much time. Yeah. I think we'll get so, a good game out of, uh, um, out of Rashawn Gary, hopefully who was over pursuing like crazy in this game against the giants. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good bull rusher. Um, and, and, and hopefully you just need, you need him to create chaos and then have some of the other guys, you know, clean up. Yeah. That would, that would be ideal. He's got a little bit of um, play Matthews to him. I feel like. Right. Yeah. I would take, honestly, I think, Rashawn Gary's a uh, this. I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't mean to disparage a Packers legend, but Rashawn Gary has more pass rushing talent than Clay Matthews had. I just wish that um, you know, his health would allow him to see his full potential. Yeah. But anyway, so here's my nomination: Packers first half minus one and a half. They're gonna if they if they have the option, they're gonna take the ball at home. They're gonna want to score. I don't know what's gonna happen in the second half, but I think they should have a a lead at halftime. So that's just a first half line minus one. And just a, half. a just a first half line. Huh. I didn't know you could do that. I'm learning over here. Yep, you can do a lot of <laughs> I'm things. So, I'm such I like a noob. Yeah, and well, listen, if they, if they, any idiosyncrasies. Any weirdness, DraftKings will find a way to let you bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got money? Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, they'll take it. <laughs> um, game predictions, fellas? Um, I... 
gonna stand by my prior statement that I'm <laughs> like done predicting. I don't know. Fine, good enough. It's kind of a it's kind you. of a cop out at the end of the episode. Be like, oh, I'm not gonna make a prediction, but it's like you know, I think that the Packers will bounce back, but you know, the Bucks are a tougher opponent than the Giants are. But it's also at home in Green Bay, in the cold, hopefully. Um, but they're going to be probably missing a bunch of playmakers. Really don't know. It's a, it's really tough. Um, I think I will uh, straight up. I think I would I would take the Packers though. I think straight up, yes. I don't know if I would even take three and a half, but I think they find a way to win. Um. <laughs> As we're saying this, I'm about to watch Giannis score a career-high 60 points if he makes this free. Oh, he's already at it. 61 Ooh. points. Wow. How about that? Massive. Congratulations. Giannis. Thanks. <laughs> Did you say thank you? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Nice. All right, guys. Well, I think with that, it's time to hit the Boca. We're all out of beer. Giannis hit a personal record. And, uh, yeah. Oh, you do have some beer left. One last swig to wash the taste of this game out of your mouth. Yeah, I've already moved on. You said at one point (laughs) this year, you're going to give Alex a a wolf minute and give me a Bucks minute. Um, (laughs) Bucks over under with this Pacers game was the highest total that we've seen in an NBA game since 1991, and they just smashed the over. Oh, my God. And Giannis is about to go for 65? <laughs> what is it? 64, 65? That's crazy. Zach, the rest of the poke should just be you narrating the end of this Bucks game. All right, everybody. That game sucked. Hopefully the next one will not suck. Either way, we will see you on the other side of it. Let's talk all things Packers. Keep it locked into the AcmePackingCompany.com podcast feed and the website if you like to read words about the Packers for them. I am me. Have a great week, everybody. Go Pack Go.